0: Prayer is declaration. Prayer is declaration. As we conclude today, Father, bless your word today. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to read four verses there. Ezekiel 37. And as always, uh, my exclusive notes here and the audio of this message today is going to be on our website this week. So you can listen again and grow in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. The Lord took hold of me. He led me all around. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Let's also read together Mark chapter 11, verse 23. We're going to read one verse only. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. One, two, three, go. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart amen a few years ago uh, more like more like seven years ago not a few years more more like seven years ago or so i went through a season of what i call mild depression anybody been through that before my definition of a mild depression or the beginnings of depression is you reach a point in your life where you just stop trying and you just survive you give up, you get into a season uh, of desperation, and you just you lose your willpower. You become broken. Your will is broken. And you stop trying, you stop believing, you stop dreaming, and you just exist. That's the beginnings of depression. I went through a season like this. There was a series of events that happened to thrust me into this season. Number one, I made a mistake on the job and my boss fired me. I'm an A-type person. My father raised me to have excellence. My father raised me to have integrity and to do things right. So when I was negligent to a point of getting fired, it just messed me up. I broke my own heart, and it just set me into this, into this season of depression. But in the midst of this, I started developing a relationship and talking to a man that I really honored and respected. And he was considering me for a job opportunity. He was going to hire me and give me a chance. And I needed this so bad because I needed it to rebuild my self-esteem. And so we were talking and discussing, and I was getting excited again. And one day he called me and said, come to my office. Let's discuss. And I remember telling my wife, excited, and I put a tie on. She fixed my tie. She said, go get it, honey. I was smiling. I was just cheesing. I was excited. I showed up in the office, and he dropped a bomb on me. He said, Zenzo, I'm not going to hire you anymore. And I thought he wasn't going to hire me because maybe the organization didn't have any funds to hire new people and all that. But the reason he gave me, shook me to the core. He said these words. He said, Zenzo, I'm not going to hire you because I don't see any value in you. These words shook me. To this day, I think he meant to say, Zenzo, I'm not going to hire you because I don't see any value in hiring you in this season or at this particular time. That's what I really believe he was trying to say. But somehow, all he said was, I don't see any value in you. And that's all I heard. And I'll tell you what happened was when those words were spoken, my body jerked, my body reacted i never, never experienced this before. My body responded. It literally jerked. I remember thinking to myself, I didn't tell my body to shake. I didn't tell my body to jerk. What just happened? But the impact of this man's word went right through me. They literally caused my body to react. I went home. I walked myself, and I cried myself to sleep. I didn't have a car at the time. I walked for an hour cry myself to sleep I got home I walked around the house several times so I can dry my tears before I go home to face my baby girl and then I went in the house but what happened this man's words shook me people of God I just want to remind you that your words are powerful your words have creative power I want to remind you people of God according to second Peter three verse five that the entire universe was created by words That our God spoke the world into existence. I want to remind you that everything you see that exists, exists because of the power of words. And in fact, I also want to remind you that you were created in the image of the God who spoke the world into existence. You've got the DNA of God. You've got the creative power of God. You've got the hypostasis of God. You have the mechanism. You were fashioned with the same fabric that created God. Your words are powerful and your words create. Turn to your neighbor and tell them your words create. I want to give you a tweet. Can I give you a tweet? You should only say what you want to put into existence in your life. Words create. Create. You should only say what you want to put into existence in your life because words create. Last week, I told you a few things about God. I want to do a little recap. Last week, I told you that God is omnibenevolent. Somebody say omnibenevolent. Simply means God is all good. Everything about him is good. There's no evil in him. God is good. The second thing I told you is that God is omniscient. Somebody say Omniscient. Which simply means God is all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows everything. And then I also told you that God is omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. And then I also told you that God is sovereign, which simply means he's in control of everything. If you miss any of these things here, they're going to be on our website this week. Amen? But I told you that the greatest attribute that God has above all these attributes is that God is holy. Say that with me. God is holy. God is holy. And because God is holy, God has given us free will. He's given us the freedom to choose. He's not going to twist your arm to say yes to Him. In His holiness, in His integrity, He's given us freedom of choice, free will. And so, God, who is all powerful, all knowing, will not even interfere with the affairs of man because He's holy. That's why you can find somebody who's an atheist, somebody who's an agnostic. Cursing and insulting God and God still won't come down and try to smash that person with his divine and magnanimous fist He won't do it. He will restrain himself in his holiness Because he's a great God That's why I want you to know today that impact church. I want you to know your haters are overrated The greatest battle you ever fight is not with your haters. It's with yourself Can you govern and control your own mouth? That's the greatest battle you will fight. Hmm. The greatest fight is not with haters. I see people texting and people posting on Facebook. My enemies, my haters. Your haters are so overrated. The greatest battle you have to fight is with yourself. Especially the words that come out of your mouth because you have power to create. God has given you authority in this earth realm. God has given you authority. Somebody say, God has given me authority. Oh, pastor, where do you get that from? Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. The Bible says, let's read that together. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, actually. It says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and? And then he said, fill the earth and? 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 and, It means rule the earth. Govern it means to rule. It says, fill the earth and govern it. God gave man the power on the earth to govern the earth. God who is Holy has given man the power to govern the earth for this temporary time. Make no mistake, time is running out. He's going to come back and judge the earth. But in this season, God has given you authority. That's why you need to know this. You need to know this. When Jacob wrestled with an angel, Jacob had victory over an angel. You know why? Because Jacob was operating in his sphere of authority. He was in his spiritual jurisdiction. Mm. Man had power and victory over a celestial being because man was operating in his sphere of influence. Because God has given man authority over the earth. Over the earth. That's why I need you to know this. That the devil is overrated. The devil is overrated. You have to remember that the devil is not like God. He was created by God. Only God is omniscient. The devil is not omniscient. The devil doesn't know everything. The devil only knows what you begin to say when you begin to complain. Uh, you've got to know this. The devil is not even omnipresent. He's not everywhere. Only God is everywhere. The devil has a third of angels who fell down on earth as demons and 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 they only get the information where they are. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. That's why when Joseph declared his vision, all hell broke loose. Because only when you declare something does the devil know what's going on. He doesn't have all the information. I want to give you a few statements here that I just feel are powerful. Your complaining informs the devil about the state of affairs of your life. Because he's not all-knowing. It's until you start to say something that the enemy knows what's going on. I want you to know. That the devil strategizes based on the codes of human complaints. His strategy and his plans don't make sense and they're not going to be effective until you begin to help him with your mouth. (laughs) And let me remind you this. The devil is not omnipotent. He's not all powerful. The only power the devil gets is the one you give him with your mouth. Because God has given you spiritual authority and jurisdiction on this earth realm, your words are powerful. That's why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21, it says life and death is found in the power of what? The tongue, in the power of the tongue. The God who's all-powerful, all-knowing. In his holiness, he restrains himself. He does not interrupt with your affairs. But when you begin to speak life, now God has the permission, the full permission, and the spiritual jurisdiction to come and superimpose and enforce the word of God and help you. on the flip side, it's the same. Once you begin to confess negativity and complain, especially some of us who are pessimistic. Any pessimistic person in this place? Uh, You you begin to just prophesy over your life. I just know it. I know it. The next four days, the next four days are going to be miserable. I just, I can feel it. I can feel it, honey. We're going to fight today. I I can just feel it. I can feel it. The next four years of America are going to be, they're going to be terrible. I, I can feel it. This will be a bad week. I just know it. I just know it. When you begin to say that and you're speaking negativity, now the devil has spiritual jurisdiction to come and use those words against you. Because you are in authority. My wife is an avid shopper. She loves to shop. Any ladies here who loves to shop? Yeah. My wife loves to shop, man. When my wife begins to to negotiate deals, I get embarrassed, literally. literally. That's how crazy she is. She can milk those people dry. I mean, when she starts to negotiate, I walk away in the store. Like, I I don't know that woman. She's not with me. I've never met her before in my life, because she's going in. Sometimes I go, honey, they need to make some money too. They're in business. Come on. She just negotiates. She'll negotiate and negotiate. She's more African than I am. Come on, somebody. She's squeezing the, she squeezes them dry. Just squeezes them. Negotiate. I mean, she's got coupons from 1967. I mean, she, she, she opens that thing and there's coupons in there. Jesus Jehovah. But one day... We went to the store and there was a rack that had dresses that were just expensive way beyond our budget. And she was like, "Oh, this is a great dress." And the price was really high. But somewhere in the midst of that, my wife, being my wife, she scooped out she saw that one of the dresses had a tag that said 90% off. She was like, "Ooh," she started dancing. She just she started doing a glory dance. Ooh. I said, "Honey, the rest of the dresses don't have the tag that says 90% off, so this is a mistake. She's like, Yes, yes, this is good. <laughs> so she goes to get to pay for the dress, and lo and behold, the lady says, Sorry, ma'am, this dress is not 90%. That was a mistake. And she says, No, 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 no. You guys put that tag there according to business laws and this and this. My wife has a minor in business. She says, Because you put this thing in there, you have to sell me this dress. And she said, no, we can't do this. They brought the manager. The manager was feisty. She says, oh, no, that dress cannot go. I've been checking it out myself, but I can't get it. My wife says, yes, I'm walking out of this place with this dress today. She said, you said this dress was 90%, and I'm taking it. And the manager had the nerve to say, no, I didn't say that. And my wife said, no, the reason you put the fact that you have a tag on this dress, it means you say that, and you have to fulfill your words, because that's the law. I want you to know that there are spiritual laws. When you begin to speak negativity, the devil has the spiritual jurisdiction to come and use your words against you. That's why you have to change your confession and speak the life of God into your situation. I declare life in this place. Somebody shout hallelujah. Learn to speak life. I'm looking for a generation that can be in the midst of a job that's where they're laying off people and you can begin to speak life and say, I'm going to run this entire job. You can be in a place and, and the doctor's given you a bad report. You can say, my life is going to change and I'm writing a plan for the next 50 years of my life. When your kids are running away and crazy things are happening, you can begin to speak Thus saith the Lord because God has given you power to speak life. Let me hear somebody shout Hallelujah. One more time, shout hallelujah. That's what happened in the scripture we just read, Ezekiel chapter 37. The Bible says the hand of God was on Ezekiel. People of God, if there's one thing you want to pray for, is for the hand of God to be upon your life. The hand of God to be upon your children. The hand of God to be upon your organization. We just finished this 21 days of fasting and prayer. And that's what I was praying for. God, let your hand rest upon my life. Father, let your hand rest upon my wife, upon my children. Father, let your hand rest upon this church. Because when the hand of God is upon your life, you're going to accomplish far more than your degree can accomplish for you. You're going to accomplish far more than your bank account can accomplish for you. You're going to accomplish far more than your lawyer and your your doctor can accomplish for you. When the hand of God is upon you, people are going to look at you and say, what's going on with that person? We went to the same school. We graduated the same year, but there's something different with him. It is the hand of God that's upon you. Somebody shout and say, God, let your hand rest upon me. And the Bible also says that the Spirit of God carried Ezekiel. You want the spirit of God to carry you. The spirit of God carrying you means the spirit of God is leading you. And not only is he leading you, he's helping you to accomplish things. You see many people experiment with their life. Today they are trying nursing and tomorrow they're trying computers. And the next day they want to be a banker. They want to do these different things. How many people know you need the leading of the Holy Spirit? Because if you don't have that, you're going to waste time. Today you're wasting time with this boyfriend. Three years with this one. Six years with that one five years before you realize you've wasted time how many people know we need the guidance of the holy spirit you need god to help you david picked up five stones but how many people know he only needed one to kill goliath he picked up five stones but thank god even though he didn't have time he found the right stone that he needed in order to slay goliath so i declare that in 27 god's gonna guide you the spirit of god is gonna lead you and you're gonna slay every goliath in your life in your family in the name of jesus if you receive it somebody shout hallelujah Says the hand of god was upon him and the spirit of god carried him but the next thing that happens is an oxymoron it's a paradox it says the hand of god was upon him and the spirit of god carried him but the spirit of god carried him into the valley of dry bones The the valley stands for a lowly place, a difficult situation. Dry bones stands for a difficult place, a hard place, a hard situation. I want you to know that it's possible to have the hand of God upon you and to have the spirit of God carry you, but still find yourself in a difficult place. See, we've subscribed to this philosophy, this Western world philosophy that says the epitome of Christianity is you having mountaintop experiences all the time. Mm. The Christianity of convenience. I want you to know that it's possible to have the hand of God on you. It's possible to have the spirit of God on you. But still find yourself in the valley. Still find yourself in a hard place. Come on, somebody talk to me the pit. The epitome of Christianity is not just about greatness. The epitome of Christianity is not even about success. The epitome of Christianity is not even about your all your prayers being answered. The epitome of Christianity is the fact that even though you walk in the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because he will never leave you or forsake you. Somebody thank God for God. Come on, somebody thank him, for he will never leave us, he will never let us go, he will never forsake us. He a God who's faithful. And I want to remind and encourage somebody in this place that, yes, you're in a hard place. Yes, you're going through difficulty. Yes, you don't even understand what's going on. But I want you to know, I want to remind you today, here's hope. The hand of God is still upon you. The blessing of God is still upon you. Come on, smack somebody and tell them I'm blessed. The hand of God is on me. I am blessed. Please don't look at my situation and think because I'm broke. Don't look at my situation and look at my situation and think that God is not with me. God is still with you. God is still with me. God is still on my side. Come on, somebody. It's a God is infinite. The other... Attribute of God is that he's infinite, which simply means he's endless and limitless. You and I are limited. And so there are certain things about God you just will never understand until you get to heaven. That's just a fact. But we still praise him. We still honor you. And I know there are people in this place that are going through some hard places. Please don't measure the hard places around you to measure the love of God in your life. And there are Christians, every time you go through a difficult, you think you messed up. You did something. And I want to remind you that there's not a sin and there's not a mistake that can confound and go against the love of God. God's love is still greater than any sin you've ever committed. It says, the hand of God was on him, and the spirit was carrying him, but he found himself in the valley. He found himself in a dry place, in a valley of dry bones. What happens next is really interesting. God has a sense of humor. God says to Ezekiel, can these bones leave? Ah, He's surrounded with dryness. Uh, And somebody's surrounded right now with with dryness, with a bad report. You don't have a job. All hell is breaking loose. And God is asking you, hey, buddy, hey, my friend, can these bones live? Can this situation be better? I want you to know that God is not so much interested with the difficulty that you're going through, even though he's sympathetic. God is more interested in the perspective you have in the middle of the persecution. Can you see something different Can you see something different in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this trial? Ezekiel, can you see life? Ezekiel, can you see life? Somebody say life. One more time. Somebody say life. Somebody say life yes you're surrounded it looks like you're going down the drain but can you see what do you see God is more interested in what you see and I'm praying that God will raise up a generation in America that can see something different from what's happening around us when people are picketing when people are fear-mongering and going crazy what does the church see because what you see is what matters there's a story in the Bible Where Elisha was walking up by a servant called Gehaz. And Gehaz says to Elisha, we're surrounded. There are armies around us. We're going to die today. And Elisha stops and begins to pray for his servant. He says, God, open his eyes so he can see that there's more for us than those that are against us. And Gehaz goes back to the same window where he was standing intimidated. And this time around, his eyes are open. He begins to look outside and he sees the soldiers that are against them. But he sees something else. He sees angels with swords of fire. And all of a sudden, he's encouraged. I'm praying that God can open our eyes to see that there's more for us than those things that are against us in this place. Can you see something differently? God is more interested in you seeing potential in the middle of the persecution. And the answer that came from Ezekiel was interesting. Can these bones live again? And Ezekiel opens up his mouth and he begins to praise God. He says, oh, sovereign Lord. Oh, sovereign Lord. This prefix, oh, is a gasp of worship. It's a gasp of surrender. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. He begins to say, oh, sovereign Lord. In other words, oh, God who knows everything. God, who is in control of everything. God, I worship you. In other words, I trust you. I'm in the midst of the valley. It's really dry. There's persecution. Kids are sick. I just got laid off. I've I've been given a bad report. But God, I'm going to worship you anyway because I trust you. Oh, sovereign Lord. In other words, God, you're in charge. You're in control. You can add a pickle to the menu. You can remove the American cheese. You can put provolone cheese. You can supersize the fries. You can have it your way you are sovereign you can take this thing in any direction and because of that i trust you and i worship you i want to see a generation i want to see somebody in this place who's willing to give god thanks even before you see the miracle god i thank you for the blessing 2017 is gonna be my best year come on somebody open up your mouth and give god praise even before you see the miracle god i thank you for my blessing i thank you for what you're doing in my life i thank you for god you're gonna do you're gonna do great things in my life Somebody hallelujah he's surrounded by dryness but he begins to give god praise he begins to thank god i want you to know you've got to stop complaining and give god praise begin to give god praise begin to worship god now what happens next is very interesting what happens next is very interesting god says okay ezekiel i can see that your heart is right now i want you to do something i want you to prophesy I want you to prophesy. Listen, I want to have 10 young men, young, healthy young men to run up here. Quick, 10. Come on, 1, 2, 3, go. Run up here. 10 young men. 10 young men. Come on, come on. Don't leave me hanging up in here. 10 young men. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Woohoo! Josh is like, I had my turn last week, y'all. <laughs> come on, 10 young men. Come on, come on. Let's put our hands together for this awesome looking young people. Come on, come on. Timmy, come on, come on. Since nobody's coming, twins, come on, come on. You got no choice. <laughs> come on. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There we go. Jerry, come on up too. Ten, you're gonna be the tenth one. Can we appreciate these people right here? We're gonna finish. Paul, you can go on the piano. We're about to finish. I want to release the secret to prayer here in the last few minutes. You've got to remember. That this whole thing, this whole operation with the dry bones was not Ezekiel's operation. This was God's deal. It's God who took Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones. Ezekiel did not bring himself there. It's God who brought him there. This was God's situation. God wanted to fix the situation. And today I want you to see how God fixes situations. God sees a valley of dry bones. And because God who is holy will not interfere into the affairs of man unless you invite him. Unless an intercessor begins to pray. Unless somebody stands on the gap. God saw the situation. Here is a valley of dry bones. But God says, I need a mouthpiece. I need somebody who can believe. Somebody who can dare to see something different when everybody else is afraid. I need to find that person and when I find that person all I need them to do is to speak my word because as soon as they speak my word now myself a God who's holy I have the full permission and the spiritual jurisdiction to come in and take care of the job God is looking for an intercessor God is looking for somebody to stand on the gap that's why the the scripture we read Mark chapter 11 23 says if you speak to this mountain somebody say speak If you speak to this mountain and you tell the mountain, be thou removed and don't doubt in your heart, God would do it. God is waiting for an intercessor. Somebody who's willing to see something different in America who believes to speak something. Somebody shout, speak something. God's looking for somebody in your family to believe and speak something. Somebody shout, speak something. You've got to declare something and declare the voice of God. So God brings Ezekiel to the valley and says, look at this, look at this, look at this. What do you see? Because God is concerned with what Ezekiel sees. I want to give you a tweet. Nothing is released in heaven until something is spoken on the earth. You've got to declare something. That's why the greatest fight is the words we say. I don't know why, Adria. I don't know. I still do it, bro. When I get scared, I I can't believe the stuff I say. I, I can't believe why something so simple is so difficult. Because the enemy knows that once we say something, he has that word. God was looking. Looking at the valley. And he says, Ezekiel, now that you believe, now that you dare to see something, I just want you to speak life. And as soon as you speak life, and the Bible says Ezekiel prophesied, he prophesied, and all of a sudden those bones became an army, became an army. This is what happens, this is what happens. Bobby, please stand right there, please stand. You're going to be Ezekiel today. You're going to be Ezekiel and up here, this is going to be the envoys of God. These guys right here are angels. Come on, let's celebrate these good-looking angels right here. I want you to see that God who is all-powerful is restraining himself with his angels. Come on, let's restrain ourselves. Come on, y'all got to be better actors than this. Come on, I'm trying to send you guys to Hollywood. Come on, God is seeing the situation. The Valley of Dry Bones, there's situations there. Somebody needs needs a blessing. Somebody needs their child to be healed. Anybody. Somebody needs cancer to be healed. Somebody needs a miracle in this place. And God is like, we want to take care of this situation, but we are restraining ourselves in our holiness. We are waiting for somebody to shout life so we can have the spiritual jurisdiction to come. Spiritual jurisdiction to come. David, help me out. David, come up. David, you're going to be the enemy that's fighting bobby come on you're a big guy so i want you to fight bobby i want you to fight god is saying we want to fight we want to take care of the situation, but uh, we, we, can't, we can't go in there unless, unless we've been given the spiritual jurisdiction. So God wants somebody to shout life. Are you getting ready? Are you getting ready in this place? I want you to see what happens in the heavenlies. As soon as Bobby shouts life, these angels are going to jump here. Because you have to know this. You have to know this. Come on, keep restraining yourself. You have to know this. That. Listen to this. Listen to this. Even though the FBI are superior, the FBI cannot come into Medford and begin to work a case unless the local police invites them. If the FBI comes into Medford and begins to work a case, they will be indicted. Somebody will be fired. Somebody will go to jail because they have to be given jurisdiction. It's the same in the spirit. God is waiting for somebody in his holiness. He's all powerful. He can take care of it. But he's waiting for an intercessor, somebody to stand on the guard for your family, somebody to release the life of God, somebody to shout life. Are you ready, Bobby? Are you ready? Are you ready? Shout it. Come on. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout in this place. Hey. Right, we can let him go. We can let him go. Come on, somebody shout. Somebody stand up. Begin to worship God in this place. Come on. Now you begin to shout life. Begin to shout life. Begin to shout life. Begin to shout life. Somebody begin to shout life. Come on, lift up a shout in this place. Declare life in this place. Speak life over that situation. Come on, the angels of God are coming into that situation. Come on, somebody shout life. Shout life. Help me with the music. Somebody shout life. Speak life to that situation. Speak life to that problem. Come on, begin to declare life. Call it by name. I speak in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I had everybody attack David because he's a Yankee. He's from New York. (laughs) That's my brother there. I love him people of God what's your confession what's your confession you shall have what you say you shall have what you say in the next few moments we're just gonna lift up a shout in this place and we're gonna just begin to shout Jesus we're gonna begin to speak life we're just gonna begin to speak life hallelujah are you ready are you ready to speak life the Bible says speak to the mountain tell it be thou removed come on speak your future into existence when I was dating my wife all hell was breaking loose and I knew the devil wanted to abort the dream I began to speak life I began to pray and say Mrs. Matoga before I married her I began to pray and say this is going to be done this is going to happen if you can speak life today if you can declare life today some of you the enemy wants to steal from you today is the day of life today is the day of salvation I want to tell you one more thing when I went back to my home country for the first time, I was walking in the streets, downtown, and I met a guy who said to me, "Zenzo, I know you.